Welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money in beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. Today is going to be an exciting conversation about color. I have Peggy Van Allen as a guest. Peggy is the president of Color Marketing Group, which is an international association for color design professionals, which identifies the direction of color and design trends and translates them into saleable colors for manufactured products. She is also a designer and color anthropologist. Peggy's educational background in graphic design has been the foundation for a very interesting career. She's been able to do trend research, visual merchandising, and color palette development. Peggy's unique skill set allows her to visually communicate the complexities of color in a way that is both inspirational and educational for her company, Color Fuel. Peggy is motivated to demystify color while keeping the magic so that her clients can go to market with the right color at the right time. Welcome to the show, Peggy. Thank you, Nicole. Happy to be here. Always excited to talk about color. Yes, I'm so excited about this. So Peggy, tell me a little bit about your career path. I know you started uh, with graphic design. How did you, you know, get into design? What made you fall in love with color? Growing up, I was always, I loved art and I always, any aspect of art and crafts, I just loved to do. Um, and I, so I knew I always wanted to do something in that area. Um, I think an influence was a close family friend. Um, my godparents actually, one of my, my godfather was a commercial artist. That's not a term you hear used anymore, but <laughs> shows my age. But I, I, I thought, you know, that's a way I can, I can do something. I, I, I kind of felt like I didn't really want to do, like to be an artist, a fine artist seemed a little too uncertain, a little too not really as focused as, as I wanted to be. I'm sort of like a, I'm more left brain, right brain, sort of down the center sort of person. So that seemed like a, an, a way to get into art, but also still having a, you know, a little bit of stability. It wasn't until I started working for a paint company that I, my eyes were open to the world of color and to be able to focus on color as a career, which was way more exciting. I'd already gotten bored with the graphic design by that point, especially when I'm just designing paint can labels and things like that, to be able to explore color and and to be able to do it in that environment of a paint company within their marketing department was also, you know, gave me a lot of opportunity to learn about marketing, interior design, which also was a passion. So it was a perfect fit at that time. And then joining Color Marketing Group while I was part of the paint company opened a whole nother world of then being able to see all the possible careers that you could have in color and also being able to learn about color forecasting and the importance of it. And so that was just sort of the, the beginning point for me. Right. I love hearing how people really got into their career paths and color is such a niche thing, right? It's color is all around us. It's in our clothes, it's in our interiors, it's in the products that we buy, but it's not really top of mind if you're not you know, a color anthropologist or specialist like yourself. So when you, yeah. So when you were at that paint company, you know, doing the graphic design, is there something specific in terms of their messaging or approach that really drew you in? It was a small company that I worked for and we were doing the color cards, which you've seen in the stores where you go in and it's like a small 
selection of colors that you pull from this huge, you know, array of 2000 colors. And it was the idea of you're trying to help the customer choose color. So it was all about learning to understand how to research the, the customer and how to how to help them basically. So, I mean, that was kind of what was the most interesting thing to me. And that's what sort of made it personal too, because it's a scary process for people to choose color I, for many reasons. You find when you start talking to people about color, everybody loves talking about color and a lot of people are very passionate about it. But, you know, as soon as you start talking, you, you, you're like, oh, it is way more complicated than just, you know, I want to choose a pink this or a purple that. And so helping to educate people and helping to take that fear out of it is 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 also a goal, I think, for me and, and something that I enjoy doing. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into that. Tell me a little bit more about the Color Marketing Group. What are the initiatives that you all lead? Color Marketing Group is a not-for-profit association. We're celebrating our 60th year this year, 60th year. So it's been around for a long time and it started with a mission that is has carried through to today. It's a forum for people uh, from all different industries to come together and to talk about all things color. More of our focus now is on color forecasting. So it's helping people to come together and bring their different perspectives from the different industries that they come from and to forecast, you know, where is, what is the direction of color? Where is it going? We talk about not just color, but the trends and the stories behind why, what's driving those color trends. And then the members can take that information and, and take it back to their own role within their own company and interpret it for whatever industry or product that they might be in. All right. You said so many things there that I want to <laughs> dive into. <laughs> so one, color forecasting. For those who might be listening and they're like, the only forecast that I've heard of is the weather. <laughs> Break it down in layman's term. What is a color forecast? Okay. Well, then and it, there's a lot of misperceptions about what it is. You know, we're not saying here are the 10 colors that are going to come out next year. And these are the 10 colors you use. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that color preferences change over time and, and people like to see newness. So, you know, we, we do need to keep changing the colors that are offered to people to keep them excited about buying products or whatever that we want to put out there. When we're forecasting color, we are studying human behavior and we're looking at all of the social, political, environmental, all of the different things that influence people on a regular daily basis. What are they seeing out there and what, how is that changing their mindset? And then how does that influence what they want to see for color. Color does move in sort of a cyclical fashion. If we look back at history, you know, every decade we move from warm colors to cool colors. So that's kind of a general thing that everybody knows. We have to be specific about which colors exactly are going to perk people up and, and, and get their attention. And, and so we, those are the directional nuances that we look to forecast. And it is just a prediction. We've been pretty successful. Our process is pretty good because we gather so much information from so many different people. It's just a prediction of what kind of colors they'll want to see in the coming two years. And so it sounds like a lot of research goes into understanding those human behaviors, right? And taking in all that information for what it influences humans. So how... Do you go from all of that information to boiling it down to the color forecast of what, you know, companies can then take and influence their products that they're creating? So our process is that we have workshop internationally. So it's people from all over the world coming to these workshops and each person brings their own forecast. What it is, is just, we sort of format it like it's a story. What story do you see as being most important? 
And then what are the colors that are a reflection of that story? And so all of that information comes together in, in each workshop. And then each workshop comes up with 16 colors and then three stories, the three top stories that kept coming up within the discussions within that workshop. And then from there, those, those are then distilled for our four different regions that we cover. We have North America, Latin America, Europe, and Asia Pacific. So we have a forecast for each of those regions. So it's a lot of workshops that come together then and are steered into those 16 colors. It's not a final thing at that point. I mean, this is just sort of a tool for the members to then take that information back and then they apply it to their own product. It's still a very you know human process. We all have our own biases that we might apply to our, you know, our interpretations of what we're seeing out there. So it's those conversations that are really, really valuable. Yeah, that's very, very interesting that so much goes into it and so many conversations go into creating the forecast. So what's going on for this year? Like, what are the colors that are in your forecast that you've created for 2022? Well, I can't give that away. Okay. Oh, it's not out. Whoops. <laughs> well, it's, propri- it's, it's proprietary information. I mean, we do share okay. a little bit. We do share key colors for each region we, okay. with, with everyone that isn't uh, a member. But for the actual um, color forecast, the stories that we come up with, we might give a little glimpse of it here and there. Because of the fact that it, it is a directional forecast, we don't want to just say, here, here's the you know 16 colors for North America, because not everyone is going to understand how to use those colors, because some of the colors may not be for every industry. And, and you really need to understand what, what the why was behind that color. Why was that red chosen? Yes, maybe it was chosen because it's a warmer red and we know the colors are shifting warmer for 2022. That is one hint that we have. You need to know the, the reason behind the color to be able to know whether it's something that you want to apply to your product. Right. Okay. So as people become members of the car, color marketing group, then they can have access to this information to mm-hmm. take to inform their product development process, correct? Right. We have color chats once a, once a month, which we do um, on Zoom where anybody can join. And it's just a, an open discussion. We pick a topic and we have three different members who lead the conversation. I think that kind of opens people's eyes up to the, to the possibilities and the, the benefits of being able to just talk about color with other people who are as immersed in it as they are. We want to help people learn about color. The more people understand color, the less afraid they are of, of color and using color. And they won't revert to the whites and the grays. They'll use color and see the benefit of it and you know how, how important it is to our well-being to use color and uh, to, get, to get those benefits from it. Yeah, it's very interesting too that you said to revert to the whites and the grays, right? Because a lot of times in my career, I've been in sales and business development for interior product companies. And if I'm talking to an architect, (laughs) they're likely leaning towards the grays, right? And if I'm talking to an interior designer, depending on the project, they might be a little bit more open to color and texture and, and different things like that. So with your company, Color Fuel, more things with color, right? You're on the high level with Color Marketing Group and, and creating those color forecasts for the world. But tell me more about what you do for Color Fuel and how you see your clients using color, maybe reverting away from those grays that we discussed before. It's the same philosophy. It's the same activities for the most part for my clients, because what I'm doing is sharing with them all of the, the background research and everything that I have done and, and then how it does apply to their product, whatever it is. If I'm, you know, if I'm working with a paint company or if I'm working with a company that um, has a a building product that they need to decide what colors to use, I need to know what, what is the direction of color and 
where it's going, especially if it's a building product that's going to be out there for a long time. That's another whole aspect of, of color is understanding the, the time and how, how long the product's going to be on the market. And trendy is not a word that we want to use when it relates to color. I mean, it's, it's a bad word. We, whenever I say trend forecasting, some people automatically think of the word trendy or fads, or that's how, what they think of with trends. And, and really, it's not, it's not what we're doing. We're looking at longer term directional movement of color. And so that's what I use when I work with my clients, whether it's a small selection of colors or a huge selection of colors. It, it's all about providing the right colors for them, for their product, for their customer, so that it's a color that their customer is going to be receptive to. Or maybe it's a selection of colors that's making the, the selection process easier for them. It's arranged in a certain way that's organized in a way that they understand and that they can relate to. And also helping them to communicate with their customer about color. And so one thing too that I found very interesting in your bio and on your website is that you aim to demystify color, right? So <laughs> tell me more about like what that means in are there certain steps that you take your clients through to demystify it? <laughs> well, I do try to explain the, the process when I'm working with my, with my clients of, of how I go about choosing the colors, because it's not just, you know, I don't just grab the colors out of thin air. <laughs> there is a process to demystify color. To me, color is magical, but it's not mysterious. It shouldn't be. I mean, there is a way to learn about color and to understand color, how to use color, so that it isn't such a out there theory. It's sort of like, don't want to pick the wrong color. Don't want to pick a color that I'm not going to be happy with. So how do I, how do I teach them the different ins and outs of color? And, and then have you had a favorite project that you worked on with a client where you're walking them through this process, helping them understand color and inform their, maybe their product development process too? Like one of your favorite projects. Tell me more about that. And not any one particular project, but I can think of several times where I would just sit down with the client and, and be presenting and just explaining a little bit about what color forecasting is actually and, and why we do it. You can kind of see their eyes light up like, okay, there is a there is a, an, a rhyme and a reason to this whole color thing. They like to understand that there is a science behind it. And I thought it was also interesting you're saying it's science, right? Because you also have mentioned that I've seen online that colors can increase sales, right? It can make people hungry and all of those different things. So have you seen interesting like success stories or testimonials or something of people using color that have caused, you know, increased sales or or different effects, I guess. So it's hard to get data. And when I was working with the oh, paint really? company, when I worked in a paint in the paint company, it was like, you know, being a business, you always have to show the ROI. And it's like, how do you measure that? If you sold paint in a in a store, they didn't even always measure what the top colors were that were tinted or so sometimes they did do that and then you could have more concrete data. But there is some data out there. You know when you're when you're shopping, you know, your vision, your what you see is like the number one thing that is going to prompt the decision. But color is like, it's up there, depending on what the product is. It can be from, I think the latest data that I saw was 60 to 90% a part of the decision-making process is color. Right away, you know that there's the importance of that. There's also people who study color psychology who can tell you what each color 
family does for you. You know, like what do reds do? They have a physiological reaction to you, to every person. It is personal though. I mean, everybody is slightly different, but certain colors will impact you in a different way. And, and as marketers, as salespeople, we have to understand that. As product development people, we have to understand what those visceral reactions are that people have to color. Personal, you know, preferences also play into it. Our experiences with color and all of those things impact the way a certain color might make us feel. That is that is something that we always have to, to take into consideration. There's also social things around color or different cultures have different feelings. Colors represent different things to them. So those are all things that you have to consider too. If you're working in color, you're working with a company who has a product that's sold in different countries. So how is, you know, how is someone in, in, a, in another country going to think of that color versus how is someone in the U.S. going to think of it? So it's all a lot of different stuff that goes into it. And then the science behind it too, just with the actual development of the color and having to understand, you know, whatever product you might be designing for, how, how is the color applied or how is it achieved in that product? The materials are all different. How do you, how do you make sure the colors match if you're using different materials? So there's scientists that do that. There's people that are working in the lab. And And it's funny you, you talk about color matching too, that that just reminded me of when I worked at Core Seal and I wrapped a lot of different lines. And sometimes I would be working on a hospitality project and they will want, say it, say they want, want a blue wall covering, that same color blue in the fabric on the chair and the same color blue to be um, on the material that was wrapping one of the furniture pieces, right? So they picked the one color. <laughs> But in color matching between all of the different manufacturers, there was a whole science behind it. I wasn't privy to, I just knew, hey, we need to tweak this and tweak that. So Yeah, well, like some some things, <laughs> I mean, some colors can't be achieved in some products. I mean, I mean, that's another thing. I was, you know, I over, over the years, I've been sort of surprised by the way um, some of those things come about because, you know, the importance of having a color standard that everybody is following. And, and that always, wasn't always the case. And also the communication that needs to happen between all of the different parties to make sure that everybody's talking about the color in the same way. That's a whole nother topic, um, color communication. So yeah, it is a lot of variables when it comes to color. And that was another important thing when I was doing paint chips, uh, working on the approvals for paint chips. Cause it was like, I had to be so picky because I knew there were so many parts of the process from where it was developed in the paint lab to when it was printed on a chip that was going to be in a store, depending on the lighting in the store, all the different ways that that color could shift before it gets into the, and before they get it home and paint it on their wall. You know, it's like so many different parts of the process where that color could shift and make them unhappy. (laughs) It's not exactly what they're expecting. Oh my gosh. Such a process. So Peggy, if somebody wanted to work with you through Color Feel, tell us more about how to get in contact with you and what your offers are. Well, they can go to my website, which is color fuel dot com or they can go to my LinkedIn. I also have a Facebook page and I am happy to discuss whatever their needs are, whatever their questions are. Um, if they're interested in finding out more about Color Marketing Group, I can also help with that or they can go to colormarketing.org to learn more about the Color Marketing Group. All right. Well, thank you so much. I've enjoyed learning just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to color. (laughs) I might have to have you back just to talk about color communication because that sounds intriguing too. So thank you so much, Peggy. Sure. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive in Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive in Design 
And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveanddesign.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week. Thank you.